You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information about Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. I had the opportunity to speak in Colorado um, on a Wednesday night service, and Lynette Gleghorn said something that really um, resonated with me. Wednesday night services, y'all, I'm so excited about them because there's something different in the atmosphere on a Wednesday night. People are hungry. If you're here on a, on a midweek service, weeks are crazy. Kids are back in school. People have jobs. People have lives. And I understand that. So when you take the time on a Wednesday night to come here, you're hungry for God. Right. You want more. And I'm excited about what Nick's going to bring and the foundation that's going to be brought and the words that will be brought and things that are going to come forth in this service. Um, as I was preparing this week, I... Um, I normally always, I'm used to um, when we speak, when I would do SFL and women's ministry or the conferences, um, we tend to always kind of go through what I would consider like a hell week. It's really where the devil's like, I'm going to take you out. And um, you just, we've always learned to kind of just bear through it, fight through it. And we had a job to do and it didn't matter how we felt. Um, I've been in like a hell year, right? We all have. (laughs) Um, But whenever I say, I kind of had a bad week, and I've at least cried 20 times. Dear God. I've at least (laughs) cried 20 times this week. Um, It really just felt like a continuation of, like, what's been happening since my life in February. So it just felt normal. Like, I've just been going through the ringer. But when David messaged me a few days ago, I said that correctly, a few days ago, and asked me if I wanted to speak, I I, I don't know. I'm kind of like... I. I I do. I do love to do this. And so no matter how bad, I think I might have actually been in the midst of crying when he called me and said, do you want to speak? And I said, yes. And I'm like, why do I do this to myself? (laughs) Why? And I hung up and I was like, what? what, Why? Why did I do that? And so um, I I think I don't know who this is for, but I want you to know, I don't know if it's someone here or someone out there, but um, don't wait to be used by God when you feel ready. Come on. You're never going to feel ready Man, to be used. But God wouldn't ask you to step out and he wouldn't call you if he didn't already know you could. Man, and good. so a lot of the times we have missed opportunities because we don't feel ready or maybe we didn't get in our word enough that week or maybe we didn't pray enough or he wouldn't ask you to do it if he didn't think that you could. That's right. And when David asked me, I know that he hears from the Holy Spirit. And if he's asking me that I know that I can, even though I've had a crappy week, yeah. I'm not going to miss the opportunity to be used by yeah, God. So if I don't know who that's for, but don't wait to feel ready to be used by God because you're never going to be completely ready. And you know what the best part is? It isn't us anyway. Right. It's him. Yep. And so... He just needs you to be a willing vessel. And that's exactly what I am right now. I'm literally just being a willing vessel to share the word of God with you and putting everything that I've been through this week aside. Because it doesn't matter. It's not me anyway. Um, we're going to go into um, the, looking at the life of David. And the title of my message is really not like, my messages are, uh, it's from Sword Deceptor. And my messages normally have like really girly titles. And so when I got this title, I was like, ooh, I don't know that I love it. But I couldn't get it. Yeah, David loved it, of course. But um, I couldn't get away from it. And it really just fit so perfect. So I stuck with it. And you'll see why. But um We're going to look into the life of David. 
And what's so cool about David, and I guess I've never really even thought about it or it's never really dawned on me, but um, David's one of the only people in the Bible that we see his life from beginning to end. There's, there's something to that. There's something to the fact that we know a lot about his life from beginning to end. There's something significant about that. God wants you to know something through that. And so um, we're going to go to Psalms 2 first. And um, one thing we know about David too is that it, when I think of David, he was a man after God's own heart. No matter what, he wanted to please God. From shepherd to soldier to king, he always wanted to please God. And so I'm going to read from Psalms 2, and I really feel strongly, I really, really feel strongly that this is really significant for the time that we're in. It says, Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they, sh- they say, and throw off their feeders. I'm going to stop there because right there is where I feel like that's where we are in the Christians are being, they're coming against us. They're trying to shut us up. They don't want us to have voices. They don't want us to be vocal. And I feel like as we read on, it says, the one, enthr- the one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. So then I thought, that's pretty funny, because I literally feel like the Lord is up there laughing. Like, okay, you can, qui- you can try, but it doesn't matter because I win anyway. He's still going to get his word out there. It doesn't matter. But this is the part that really was significant for the message tonight. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. I feel like he's talking to us. I feel like he's talking to us in this time. You are my son. Today I've become your father. Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will rule them with an iron scepter. You will dash to them. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise and be warned. You rulers of the earth, Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you be destroyed in your way. For his wrath can flare up in a moment, but blessed are those who take refuge in him. And I know that no matter what we decide to do, ultimately the nations are his. Everything is his. But he he wants to use us to further that. He wants to use you to further that, to take that inheritance. And so that leads me to, um, it's a process, right? We hear that a lot here. It's a process. It's a process. You know, you got to go through these stages and it's part of the process and it's part of getting to know who God is and what he wants to do through you and for you. And um, that takes me to David the shepherd. We're going to look at David, David the shepherd, right? So David the shepherd, what do we know? We know that um, David was young when he was first anointed to be king, right? But then he went back to tending the sheep. And there's something significant about that. It's significant about the fact that in that time, that's where David learned how to serve. 
And that was important. That was a good, important time in his life. Just like there is no part of your process that is not used by God. There is nothing you will go through. There is nothing that you're being overlooked because I'm just serving. No, serving is really ultimately the most important thing we do. And so that's where David started. And so we're not going to overlook the fact that he just went back to tending the sheep. He was serving. And then we know that he went on to kill Goliath. It was there that he leaned into his faith and learned to walk in confidence of who God was and what God could do through him. He had to go through that part of his life, right? I mean, as a king, you have to know and be confident in who God's called you to be, right? And so we're going to look at David the soldier. And when I read, I did a study um, about David, and I'm telling you that whole entire study, I felt like a nervous wreck. I was like, dear God, he was always looking over his shoulder. He was always in, it felt like kind of like turmoil, you know, like he never felt settled. And um, because we most know that he was always being hunted by Saul. He was always um, looking over his shoulder. And honestly, I feel like too, a lot of the times he was having to um, make decisions. He had plenty of opportunities to take Saul out. But he had to, you know, he had to pray and he had to seek God and he had to not take Saul out. And so um, I really felt like the Lord woke me up, um, I guess it was Monday or Tuesday night. And I mean, I really felt like he had a word and it, it could just be for me, but I feel like it might be for somebody in here or somebody out there. He said that some of us are, uh, we're spending a lot of time trying to take out our Saul. I don't know what your Saul is or what your Saul looks like. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's a sickness. For me, my Saul was fear. I had this ultimate fear that, I don't know, as soon as I had Peyton, the enemy just immediately, I had this fear that she would get sick or that was I doing everything right or so I always, always, always battled fear. And instead of me just resting in who God was for Peyton and who God was for me, I was always in turmoil. And I don't know what your Saul is, but God's saying that somebody in here, you're just fighting and fighting and fighting. It says you're spending too much of your time looking over your shoulder for your Saul. But in the end, God took care of Saul. David didn't have to kill Saul. And God is saying, put down your sword, pick up your authority, pick up your scepter, and God is going to slay your Saul in his time. He's going to slay your Saul when he's ready. So you just need to rest and and be settled in the fact that you don't have to live in turmoil. You don't have to constantly live in fear like I did. Because I look back and I wasted a lot of my time being fearful when nothing ever happened. God just took care of it. So um, I feel like I don't know who that's for, but um, the good, the thing about we know what David the shepherd and now we've looked at David the soldier and what's so cool is the difference. And then now we're going to look at um, David, the king, David with the scepter. The difference between David with the sword and David with the scepter was his peace. And that was God. God gave that word to me. And that was really one of the most profound things for me whenever writing this word was he said the difference between the soldier David and the King David was his peace. He finally lived in a place of peace. So, you know, he was, he was king. He had taken on his full inheritance. And um, it made me think of like a soldier, a soldier in war, a soldier um, 
with a sword ready for battle. A soldier, if you think about it, they are always on guard. They're always weary. They're tired. They've been fighting. They're in battle. But if you think about a king, a king is protected. They're guarded. They don't have to always be fighting. They don't have to be looking over their shoulder. So when I thought about it like that, I thought, um, it reminded me a lot of, of Jesus, Jesus in the boat. Whenever everybody else was in turmoil and everybody else was rocked and their whole world was being shaken and he was asleep. Because ultimately he was protected. He knows who his God is. So what was the difference between them and him is he knew who his God was. He knew the heart of his father. He knew what his inheritance was. He knew his job wasn't done yet. And so um, I have to tell you all this story. Kobe, um, he doesn't know I'm telling this story either. Um, we were getting ready to leave for the hurricane, and um, which, again, this is just me bragging on you, just so you know. We were getting ready to leave for the hurricane, and he said... Uh, <laughs> I, me being my, being his sister, and I'm trying to figure out where are you at. We were evacuating. We actually had an event, um, so we just loaded up all the bulls and went on to our event to, um, you know, get the bulls out of here and stuff. And so the conversation I had with Kobe was, I said, "Where are you at?" And he sent me a pin. He dropped a pin like I was coming to visit him or something. And I said, "Are you at the ranch? His ranch?" He said, "You bet." I said, "Are y'all going to Mama's, which is my grandmother who's here, and she has a brick house, and that's where they were going to go stay." And he said in a bit. I'm going to go as soon as it hits. I'm going to live on the wild side. Um, probably going to put a parachute on and see how far I can get. And I, So I just sent like a, oh my God. And he said, what would Jesus do, Keisha? He would find a boat and take a nap. And I said, <laughs> I said, good. Well, can you go to your boat, hashtag mamas, and take a nap there? And he said, he just sent a thumbs up. And I said, on a serious note, can y'all please keep in touch? He said, I'll write you. Send, I'll uh, just send your address. And I said, I don't even know why I text you. Like, I don't know why. I, I should have texted Tay because I probably would have got a lot further. But it was just the confidence and like complete turmoil. Everyone's array, freaking out. And he's like, going to put a parachute on and see how far the hurricane takes him. So I'm proud of your confidence, Kobe. But, um... It was probably for me, right? We were gone, so. (laughs) I want to look at David the king. David with the scepter. David walking in his inheritance. David in peace. What is is the difference? And how did he get there? And um, honestly, after reading and kind of reminding myself of all of David's story, we can't deny the fact that David didn't still make mistakes when he was king. Because he did. And we're still going to make mistakes. No one's perfect. Only one perfect person walked this earth. So it's not saying, well, when I become king, I'm not going to mess up anymore. But when I have my scepter, when I have my inheritance, I'm going to be perfect. Because that is not the case. Uh, And it's just like I told Scylla the other day. She come in there and I was reading and praying. And she sat down beside me and she said, what are you doing? And I said, "Um, I'm praying and reading, just kind of, you know, talking. And I said, Scylla, did you know that there was only one, that Jesus walked this earth and he never did anything bad? And she was like, because she's a rascal. And I said, do you think that you could do that? And she goes, no. And I was like, well, me neither, but at least you're honest. So um, David, obviously, when he was king, still made mistakes. And he was still used by God. 
Don't think that because you've made mistakes or you're not where you're supposed to be or there's so much about your life. I, that's not my call. God is willing to use anybody that's willing. That's good. And so just know that there was no perfect person except Jesus and he will only ever be the only ever perfect person that walked this earth. Yeah. Um, but the difference between the sword and the scepter, the soldier and the king, the sword may destroy your enemies, but the scepter is what secures your inheritance. That's what secures what God has for you and what he wants for you. And so um, at 631, I guess this was probably Tuesday morning, the Lord woke me up and I was having a dream and I really can't remember the dream. But as soon as I woke up, God said, my people don't even know what their inheritance is. And I got to thinking and I was like, that's kind of crazy to think about. I couldn't imagine being a soldier and not know what I was fighting for. I, you know, but you're just out there and you're slinging that sword and you are in the middle of a battle, but you don't even know why. Wow. So I'm like, oh man, can you imagine? But you know, a soldier who knows what they're fighting for, you're a little more angry about it. You're a little more aggressive. You're a little more ready to get it over with, you know, and get to the part, the good part, the part where you win, the part where you get that inheritance. And so, um, I got to thinking about that, how sad is it to think that God has these things set aside for his people, but we don't even know what they are. We don't even know what we're fighting for. That's good. And so um, we have to get to know our inheritance and how do we do that? And so I, I literally, that's what I do. I just ask God. I'm like, okay, well, if they don't know what their inheritance is, how do they get to know what their inheritance is? And that's through the word and prayer. We have to get in our word and we have to pray. And a lot of the times, me, myself included, and a lot of women that I talk to, and y'all, especially this year, we're just living really crazy lives. And we tend to put that kind of on the back burner. You know, like maybe we don't get in our word as much. Maybe we aren't able to pray as much when really, honestly, that's like our survival kit. That's like really what should be keeping us afloat. And I was telling David, I said, man, God is so hungry and so ready for his people to take their inheritance so that we're able to walk this thing out and talk these people through this and talk them through this time. People without jobs, people that lost their houses, people that are, people are struggling and they need to see a God people taking their inheritance and, and living to our fullest right now in this time. Man, and so um, to, know God is, to know God is to know his heart. And to get to know his heart, we have to get to know our word. And we have to spend time with him and we have to pray. I really like this uh, quote from Charles Spurgeon. It says, when asked what is more important, praying or reading the Bible, I ask what is more important, breathing in or breathing out. And I thought, man, that is good. That's, and I've really honestly never like compared them. Like, should I read my word or pray? But when you think about it like that, breathing in or breathing out, we breathe in the word of God and we breathe it out through prayer. We breathe it out. We're speaking the scripture. We're speaking the word of God over people. We're speaking the word of God over our life. So yeah, can you imagine just breathing in and getting all this word every Sunday morning and getting all this word, maybe even in your time, but then just holding your breath forever, you would die. But you have to breathe it out. You have to act on it. 
You have to use it. And I honestly think we won't see the church see their full inheritance until the people are breathing it out, until they're acting on it. Because he can stand up here every Sunday and he can do what he's called to do. But if people aren't multiplying and acting on it, we're really not getting anywhere. You know, and so I really feel like it's a call for our people to be in their word and to be in prayer because they're ultimately both so important, y'all. Um, I want to read from you again. This is um, this is a story from Joshua, and um, it's Joshua one three from the message. And um, we're picking up in the story where Moses had died, and now Joshua is about to uh, lead the Israelites to the promised land. So that's where we're, we're coming, in and on, coming in on the story. Joshua 1.3, After the death of Moses, the servant of God, God spoke to Joshua, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Get going. Cross this Jordan River, you and all the people. Cross to the country I'm giving to the people of Israel. I'm giving you every single square inch of the land you set your foot on, just as I promised Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, east to the great river, the Ephrates Ephrates River, and the Hittite country, and then west to the great sea. So he's pretty much just saying everything. Everything. It's all yours. yours, Whatever you want. Um, It's all yours. All your life. No one will ever be able to hold out against you. In the way I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I won't give up on you. I won't leave you. Strength and courage. You're going to lead this people to inherit the land that I promised to give their ancestors. Give it everything you have, heart and soul. Make sure you carry out the revelation that Moses commanded you, every bit of it. Don't get off track, either left or right, so as to make sure you get to where you're going. And don't for a minute let this book of the Revelation be out of your mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night, making sure you practice everything written in it. Then you'll get where you're going, and then you'll succeed. Haven't I commanded you strength and courage? Don't be timid. Don't get discouraged. God, your God, is with you every step you take. I felt like that was kind of like a really good pep talk for the time that we're in. I mean, really, I thought, should I plaster this on my mirror and really read it every single day? You know, he's saying, don't get off track. Don't look left and don't look right. Keep your eyes on where we're headed and what I have for you. It's so easy to get distracted in the time that we live in. But what I thought was so cool is the Israelites were really content in the narrow bounds of Canaan. They really were. They had kind of settled in there. They were comfortable. And so whenever Joshua was saying, all right, come on, you know, we're headed to the promised land I kind of seen the church go, you know, it's kind of like, you got to get up, you got to move. You're being asked to be pushed out of your comfort zone. Canaan to me was their comfort zone. Yeah. It was their spot. It was their boundaries. They were okay there. But Joshua was saying, I have so much more. There's so much more for you. And that's what God is saying to his church. He's saying, you're comfortable in Canaan, but I have so much more if you'll just step out, if you'll just move. Are we, are we content with our swords, guys? Are we content just slinging our swords and fighting these battles and having no clue what we want and no clue where we're headed? Or do we want those scepters or we want that authority and we want that inheritance? We want to see that now. 
And I feel like God is saying He wants to give it to us now, but we have to move. We have to move out of that Canaan. We have to move out of those borders and step into fully what He has for us. And so um, I don't know if y'all have ever seen the show um, Arthur. I love that show. I mean, really, I crack up at Arthur. And I guess the first few times we've seen it, we called Wendy Hobson for like a year. And so, um, but Josh and I will watch it, and the next day we'll like watch it again because we just crack up at him and all his, his stuff that he says. But um, I thought it was so cool that God kind of reminded me of Arthur. And Arthur, um, <laughs> Arthur, if you've ever watched the show, is he's born into wealth. He's born into an inheritance. And... Um, he doesn't really make good choices, but he's getting a little bit of his inheritance. He's getting a little bit of it. He's getting just enough to get by, just enough to, to make him comfortable. And, um, he, but he doesn't make good choices, so his mom's telling him, um, you have to do better. You're going to have to do better. You're going to have to do right. And if you do that, you get everything. You get the whole company. And um, at the end, so Arthur goes on to, he doesn't care, he doesn't, he's content, he's happy with just getting by. And so um, I, re- I watched a part of it this morning, I feel like it was just kind of the Lord that I even went to this part of the movie. But um, when Arthur decides that it's worth it, that he does want to do better, it was because he fell in love. And what's so cool to me about that is, is it's like, God, you know, people are busy and they have a lot going on. Where do we get to the point where reading our word and, and praying gets where it becomes important? It's when we fall in love with Jesus. It's when he becomes so much a part of our life that we don't want to miss that time with him. We don't want to miss the word he has for me that day. It's survival. It's survival to get up. Y'all, the other day I had nothing. When three, two days ago I felt like I had nothing. And I sat down and I just opened the Bible and I just heard James. And I went to James and, and God, God can do that for you. Yeah. He can just, you, you feel like, well, I don't know anything and I don't know where to start. Just open it. Yeah. It comes alive. Yeah. It comes alive in front of you. And I think the difference is, and it's crazy to think because he's so good. Jesus is so good. Everything I have is because of him. But people just don't know him and they don't know his heart. Because if you knew his heart, you wouldn't want to miss the time with him. You would want to be in your word and you would want to pray and you'd want to talk to him. And once we get to that point, we're going to see our inheritance. We're going to walk in all that God has for us. And our heritage to me is also walking in those gifts. We're going to start seeing those healings. We're going to see this nation turn back to Him. We're going to see revival in this place. We're going to see revival throughout the nations because it's ours. It's ours. They don't like it and they don't like to hear it, but it's ours. The nations are ours because He already gave it to us. And so now it's our turn to just take it up. That's it. It's already ours. Good. Just like with Arthur, all that, it was already his. He just had to make the right choice good. and he had to do good and it was just his. So and just like you right now, the nations are yours. Yep. This county is yours. Yep. Yep. This church is yours. Yep. You just got to take it up. Yep. You just got to walk in that inheritance. And so I want to pray 
And I, I do want to go out here, out here and praise. If the praise team will come up, I want to challenge you. If you say, you know what, I, I have kind of settled in. Maybe I've settled as a shepherd. I've settled as just taking commands. I'm good where I'm at, you know. Or maybe you've settled as a soldier. You've settled in, I'm good, I'm good, I'm a fighter. I can handle fighting. And that's great. I'm, I'm happy for you. But I don't like to fight. I don't like confrontation. <laughs> I don't want to always be fighting the devil, guys. That's right. I'm tired. That's good. I'm tired of fighting him. I want to just wake up and know what God says about me. I just want to wake up and know that my children are protected. I want to wake up and know that my job is secure. Because I'm tied to a covenant. Because I have an inheritance. So, good. so if y'all want to stand with me, I want to pray. And I want to go out here praising. And I, I do, I want to pray over y'all. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And that's, you know, I, and I laugh because a lot of the times I do have to speak a message that challenges people. And I love it because it challenges me. I told David, I said, when, I was, when, I, when God was giving me all this, I was being challenged. And I was waking up from, I've been fighting. I have been fighting since February. And I have fought, and I have fought, and I am tired. And so really, this was God's word for me. To just stand and just live in your inheritance. Just know that you are a daughter of the King that you are healed, that you are blessed, that you have a job, that your marriage will be successful, that you're healed from any sickness and any disease because every disease and every sickness has to bow to Him. It is our inheritance. Yep. And it's crazy that we have to pep talk ourselves into this. But I do. <laughs> I have to pep talk myself. And it is mine. You're right. And I've been in church for 20 years and I still have to remind myself of His Word. Yeah. I still have to speak that. I have to breathe it out. And so I encourage you, if you need encouragement, if you want to be prayed over, if you want to come to the front and praise your way out of here. But that's where I told David, I said, I love altar ministry because altar ministry tells us to move. Altar ministry says, I'm tired of being a shepherd. I'm tired of being a soldier. I'm ready to be a king. I'm going to make a move. That's like you saying, I'm going from Canaan to the promised land. I'm making a stand. I'm making a move to prove to the enemy I'm not staying here. I'm done here. And so as we go into praise, if you want to come up, if you want to praise your way out of here, I'm going to pray. God, we thank you, Father. We thank you that you're a good, good Father, that our inheritance is set aside for us just waiting to be taken in, to waiting to be walked in, Father God. We thank you for the, the, the testimonies that we'll see come out of people rising up from shepherd to soldier to king. God, we thank you that this nation is ours. We thank you that this county is ours. We thank you that these people are ours. They're yours, Father. And we thank you for it, Father God. I pray a spirit of courage over this place. God, I thank you, Lord, right now in Jesus' name that people will become courageous for you, Lord. They will become courageous to speak your word, Father. They will become courageous, Lord, to step out when being called, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you right now, Father God, that people are being stirred. 
People are being moved, Father God. We thank you right now in Jesus' name. You're a good Father. People are gonna want to do your work. They're gonna wanna get in their word, Father God. And I thank you for the testimonies that'll come out of that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more, you can subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. If you would like to give towards our ministry, there are giving options available at dcctx.church. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.